And welcome to another edition of The Bandit Room. My name is Charles. I'm joined here in the studio by Aggie and Caleb. And today our special guest is Miss Kathy. Thanks for joining us. Nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you very much. So we've got a few different topics to go through. We'll start out the show with uh, diving into some of these odd Reddit threads. Uh, what do we have up first for the first one, Caleb? So this is on Crazy Ideas subreddit. The idea is to have adhesive fingerprints with a gecko-like texture that easily grabs and releases flat surfaces. So the idea is um, that you would temporarily stick them to your finger and then you could pick up objects like playing cards or cash or whatever with your fingers, I guess, as a product. So it's like a glue? And dog hair. (laughs) Dog hair, right. So it just gives you extra... Yeah, like, I mean, if you've ever tried to pick up a playing card that's, like, stuck to a table, I think is the idea. Don't they already have that? I've I've seen them in the bank and uh, money exchange places where they put that on the fingertip. Mm -hmm. Oh, What's the the difference between that and this? rubber gloves. Tacky finger. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I lick your finger. finger. COVID is over. Right, yeah. Lick <laughs> <laughs> the old-fashioned way. The old-fashioned way is to lick your finger. Yeah, you're right. I didn't thought I'll about find those. somebody else to lick your finger. <laughs> oh, your pet. <laughs> uh, there's all sorts of rubberized fingertip things yeah. that you can get. Yeah. I'm Googling here. No, in all seriousness, I've seen them in the bank and uh, the foreign exchange, money exchange places. Mm-hmm. They had them in a couple of the fingertips and when they're counting cash, and I've, uh, it's already out there. Yeah. There's also a product that you dip your finger in. It's like um, waxy called tacky finger. Oh, there oh, you go. Like that, that product already. Okay. All right. So, well, so like this guy doesn't know how to use internet. <laughs> <laughs> he knows how to go to Reddit and ask a question. <laughs> but he didn't Google his question first. That might account for the lack of comments and engagement. <laughs> okay. People are like, uh, yeah, this already exists. <laughs> All right. So we have a little bit of odd news that happened last week. This was last week, right? So this happened in yes. a Starbucks in New York. Uh, the actor James Cromwell superglued his hand to a Starbucks counter in protest of their upcharges for plant-based milks at Starbucks. Anyone hear about this? I saw that. Yeah, I don't know who the actor was. Yeah. Uh, what? What is? What's He's his role? He's in uh, Babe. He's like his real famous role. He's also in Succession. He's in what else is he in? Oh, a ton of stuff. He uh, was in Six Feet Under. Six Feet Under. Six Feet Under. Kind of a character actor. Yeah. Is that like you, child? Is that what you are? No. <laughs> are you a character <laughs> actor? <laughs> we need your best James Cromwell Babe impression. That'll do. <laughs> That'll do. So what did you do? Super so glued his hand to a Starbucks counter in New okay, York okay. Um, in protest of their, because they upcharge if you get something like soy milk or uh-huh. oat milk or whatever in your latte, okay. whatever. Okay. Um, so he was protesting that because it's a sort of a better for the planet, things like that. It's sort of a, a green environmental protest. Okay, so how did that end? Like, what happened? Did they give him a discount? So according to the article, as he, he, he's got his statement of what, what his grievances you know, are with Starbucks. So he, he used the, the rubber product to adhere <laughs> to his hands <laughs> and then stuck it to the uh, counter. Yeah, so he read his, he read his, his you know, grievances and all uh, p- people just kept going and ordering past him as he stated. But what was the account. reason for the super glue? Like, why? You couldn't just stand there and say the same thing without the super glue? Yeah, just like a sit-in, like, but a, yeah, yeah. Like a glue-in, like just... So what happened to the counter? Did they have to throw it away? uh, That's a good question. I don't know how they removed him. He's not still there, I assume. No. Yeah, so the police came and closed the store and then forced him to leave uh, under threat of being arrested. Oh. Um, I don't know how he got his hand unglued. That's right. Like, what's the point of gluing it? It was a plant-based glue, so it just came right (laughs) off. (laughs) 
Uh, well, yeah. as you guys know, I don't drink milk. I've not like had milk in I don't know thirty some years. So you don't even drink regular dairy. No, so I, I mean I eat. I can eat yogurt. I mm-hmm. eat cheese, but milk just that taste. I was like, ugh. Yeah, like, it's true. Like you tried made a latte. <laughs> I took it. I took a sip. It was horrible. Oh my <laughs> god, Charles. But I recently I started drinking almond milk. Mm. And uh, Kerry found a machine, and he put some almond in there, and I think you add some water, maybe not water, and then stir it on. Within like five minutes, you have almond milk. Really? You make yeah. your own almond uh, milk? Yeah. What? It's very simple. That's crazy. So you just put. Uh, does almonds. it have to be? Do they have to be like roasted, or you have to? Be no, raw? no, just raw almond. Raw almonds. Okay. Yeah. What, can you use roasted, or does it? Have I don't to, know. It'd be smoky or something. Salty milk. No, salty, I mean, salty so milk. I drink when I come back from the gym. I, I take my protein powder now with almond milk. That's interesting. So you make like a bottle of that. Yeah. And it lasts me like four or five days. Well, pretty you good. Buy it in the store, like I do too. But I guess there's a shortage right now. Almond milk. There's yeah. a shortage of almond milk. Yeah. Yeah. That's why Aggie's got to make it himself. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, listen, it takes literally like a couple of minutes. Interesting. It's fresh. Well, that's an interesting approach because I was under the impression when I heard the original argument, because there's the general climate change argument that cattle is a major force of uh, methane gases and mm. carbon released into the environment. And uh, my initial thought was that I thought almond milk was actually more, but it's actually less. There is actually less um, emissions. Yeah, I have a chart. You have a chart of emissions. <laughs> <laughs> so dairy milk is at the top. We'll link yeah. this. And then all the other plant-based things are underneath of it. My only concern with almond milk, and this is what I had heard, is that you know, nearly all of the almond milk production is done in California mm. because that's like the highest concentration of almond and, farms. And Rock Hill, South Carolina. Rock Hill, The local operation. Local operation, up, yes. One bottle at a time. Soon. You've got a, like a filtration <laughs> set up at Lake Wiley. Mm-hmm. Which, <laughs> but but you, as you can see, the, the almond milk is like the next top on water use. And that's a concern in California, a state that's always dealing with drought, is that the almond plants require so much water mm. in a state that's already extremely dry. Mm. So like people are having, having to cut not water their lawns, not take baths or something like that. Whereas the almond farmers, they have to, you know, use all this water to create almond milk hmm. in a position that's already so. Where, where to is this data comes from? This is from BBC. I don't know. Yeah, I don't try to trust the BBC. Source. Oh well, it's, <laughs> it's from a it's from a study that BBC is um, yeah. citing here in their article. It's interesting, but I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, these alternative milks cost more than dairy milk, right? So I mean. It does. So why is you know, why should but Starbucks not But if you make it on your own, it doesn't. Yeah, it's true. No, I'm, I'm not. That's not a joke. Yeah. It's you know, it's so. I I didn't realize it was so simple. Hmm. Obviously, the machine costs I don't know thirty forty bucks or mm-hmm. whatever it costs to buy the machine, and then you buy raw almond in big bags, mm-hmm. um, Sam's Club or whatnot, and then just use the amount that you want to make. Hmm. So it's uh, like bring your own milk to Starbucks situation mm-hmm. you show up with your almond milk and then then they won't upcharge you you know I still I d- I'm not you know as you know I'm not a big fan of Starbucks I don't right. I don't think I need to pay five bucks for a cup of coffee I drink only black coffee right um so if I end up going there with someone mm-hmm. I really have great pleasure in saying one small black <laughs> coffee please small. like what <laughs> what do you mean I don't understand <laughs> No, talking about BBC, I was uh, I saw some commercials on TV about Elizabeth turning, I don't know, seventy five or one hundred and seventy five or something like that. <laughs> She's in her nineties. <laughs> in the nineties. Okay. Uh, so was probably ninety seven, maybe I can't remember. I won't, I'm not going to say who yeah. it was, but someone when I was in that surrounding, 
said, ah, oh, she looks so great for whatever her age is. Mm. And my response to that is, when was the last time she made a cup of tea for anyone? Right. She, she, she better look nice. It's <laughs> <laughs> the secret. It's the secret. But I'm not big into kings and queens and yeah. monarchy. Are yeah. you Charles? Uh, I, could see, I could see the value in it. What, what is the value? Hmm? What's the value of having a monarchy? Other than them going and looting every other country. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the monarchy what, is a symbolic role. What, do you think Elizabeth role. was uh, elected by the citizens of the country? Well, no, uh, not for the monarch. You don't get to vote for the That's monarchy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but you're voting for the people who do the actual stuff. Yeah, but... She's not, like, running the How country. did they decide they want to be the queen and whatever of... Yeah, God decided. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's their answer. But um, it's a symbolic position, and it forces the people who are elected in power to submit to a higher authority. For what? Huh? For what? They, the people who elected the officials should respond to the people who elected them. They are responsible to them, not some yeah. made-up... Right. Well, it pro- I'd say it prohibits those in the parliament system from making the mistake that they are the leader of the country, that they're here the, to serve the, the country. If the, pop, the citizens of the country elected them to be the leaders, yeah. they are the leaders then. Well, yeah, but like, like you said, they're subservient to the people. Yeah. And so they, have a, they bend the knee to a symbolic form of, that represents the people of that nation. Yeah, but where does the king and queen like come Like if we had play? a legit Uncle Sam in America, right. it was the descendant of George Washington <laughs> that we had to all say, oh, this is our guy, you know, and he doesn't get involved in politics. He's like, I'm just the good guy. I'm just Uncle I Sam. Think it just happened in Barbados. Was it Barbados or Antigua where they mm-hmm. said, the, we, don't, we don't want the monarchy anymore? Was it Barbados? I think, can you look it up? Uh, they said, get out of here. We don't need you anymore. <laughs> no, thanks. We don't <laughs> want to be right Go away. We don't, need, right we don't need your face on our uh, right. currency. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. I mean, I'm not defending everything that the monarchy of Great Britain ever did. But, I mean, I could see it possibly working. There's other monarchies that are functioning in society that haven't gone out and conquered the whole world and just exist on their own. So since they went around and taken out all these countries, mm-hmm. can we call them terrorists? I mean... I think the... the term anymore is colonialism, right? Colonialism. <laughs> which is which is uh, kind of a dirty word anymore. So right. I think it's it's pretty right. it's pretty close. No, because growing up in India, I've, I've yeah. you know as part of our history lesson in school, we learned mm-hmm. about all the massacre the British is you know um, conducted there and all mm-hmm. the uh, uh, trials and medical treatments and whatever they you know all the BS they mm-hmm. did and they just pretty much got away with it. I mean, we so we I don't really that, have we any teach that too, so to a Charles, certain degree. <laughs> so basically, uh, coming, I don't really have any respect for these kings and queens or whatever they are in England. Yeah, uh, for yeah. me, they can just get lost. Right, right, right. Well, and you have all the reason too. Can we ask Sir Charles' opinion of Sir the Charles? <laughs> Sir Charles' <laughs> opinion. Sir Charles is very much a defender of the monarchy. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, jolly well. <laughs> If you're a trucker, and you own a truck that weighs 55,000 pounds or more, we're here to let you know that it's time to file your Form 2290 again. Thankfully, Express Truck Tax is here to make e-filing easy with a free VIN checker, a scan for common errors, and 100% U.S.-based customer support. Plus, if you file your 2022-23 Form 2290 before June 30th with Express Truck Tax, you'll be automatically entered for a chance to win Denny's gift cards, Blue Parrot headsets, and even a Garmin truck GPS. So go to expresstrucktax.com now to file your 2022-23 Form 2290. Right. 
regarding our special guest, Kathy, here in the studio today. We're here to talk about hobbies. So you are sort of, <laughs> you call it a hobby specialist, a hobby yes. uh, in-house expert on hobbies and You've also conducted an informal survey of I, the office, is I that have, right? I have, I yeah. have. All right, well tell us about that. So you've done a little survey of yes. what some folks in the office here. Are. My, right, my team members. Yes. And um, it starts off, you know, what you would kind of expect to hear, um, reading, walking, enjoying nature, gardening, sewing, cooking, that type of thing. And then we have um, a couple that are into fancy manicures and makeup. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, social media, game shows, However, a bit surprising is one of my coworkers has her own trike. She has a Can-Am spider trike that she uses whenever she can. And then, as you may know, we have somebody who is um, into belly dancing. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. And also a drum circle. Okay. And one of my coworkers, I was very um, surprised to hear that he's really into mixology. Okay, okay. And we had quite a discussion on different, um, you know, liquors and drink mixes and, you know, what country they're from and, you know, That's then, of cool. course, music and, you know, the general type of thing from there. Mm -hmm. All right. Interesting. But yeah, some of it was a little surprising. Okay. All right. Any uh, hobbies of your own you'd like to talk oh about a little goodness. bit? Oh, my goodness. My name's Kathy, and I'm a craftaholic. Craftaholic. Is there a meeting for me? Um, <laughs> well, back um, when I started, when I was about eight or nine years old, my mom showed me how to crochet. And... <laughs> it's not that Why funny, Caleb. <laughs> Caleb, what the? So disrespectful. Listen, I just looked down on my emails for two seconds, and the next thing I know, Caleb is like making fun of uh, Kathy's hobbies. <laughs> All right. I tried to drink too much coffee at once. Oh, okay. We're good. He's yeah. addicted to coffee. Coffee is my hobby, too. <laughs> I also drink mine black, and I have about s between 42 and 60 ounces a day. Okay, so what that what's that translate to? About eight cups. Eight cups. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh my! It's like a full pot. Yeah, I drink a lot. Mm. All right, so let's talk about her craftaholic. Like, cra what is a craftaholic? Craftaholic so means that create. It gives you creativity because you start to look at things differently. So now I do a whole bunch of different things, and um, I can see something and say, "Oh, I could do something with that." And um, it's become helpful with my home mm -hmm. because it'd be like, I'm not going to pay somebody to do that. I can do that. So, so what would um, be an example for that? Of the, I can do it. I can Like walk. what is the, one of the recent things that you said, instead of me getting a contractor or somebody else to do it, I'll do this in my house. I will paint everything myself. I can wallpaper. I can do basic repairs. Um, and does that translate into, uh, you said, talked about, craft stores, mm -hmm. about looking at like vintage stores, uh, oh, thrift yeah. stores, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Looking for they sort of treasures, hidden trash treasures. Trash to treasure is yeah. a whole thing. Yeah, okay. it's a whole thing. And then of course just Facebook groups for people that do the same type of thing. Um, I decoupage. Um, I do some paper crafting. Um, what, is, what is decoupage? Yeah, decoupage, decoupage. is um, Decoupage is um, you take paper and glue and it, it basically ends up looking like something that you hand painted. And I do a lot with tissue paper, and you would never know it was tissue paper. Hmm. Um, I actually fixed a pair of shoes that um, had leather heels that were peeling off, and now they have a pattern on them, and it, you can't even tell that it used to be paper. Okay, so it's kind of like, like stucco or like plaster? You're sort of um, turning it into a... 
uh, paper mache kind mm -hmm. of like in a way gotcha. but it's it's very um it, can, it usually appears more hand-painted than mm -hmm. anything you wouldn't okay. even know that it's just a piece of tissue paper so mm -hmm. when was the last time you actually made something as a gift for someone Oh gosh. Well, right now I'm working on, um, one of us is, um, has a brand new grandbaby and I'm making a baby blanket. Okay. Crocheting a baby blanket. Right. A baby cool. blanket. Nice. Yep. You were telling me something recently about a, uh, was it a garden decoration that you found? It was like a piece of metal or yeah. something? Yeah, there's this really cool, awesome place up in um, Concord that is, I think it's got like 700 vendors. It's got basically something for everyone. And, um, the, the depot at the Gibson Mill? The depot at Gibson Mill, three yeah. hours to walk through We went it. there one time. We did, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's and the first time I learned someone eats uh, chicken. Chicken livers. Uh, chicken livers. It wasn't there, but it was <laughs> yeah. on the way. On the way. <laughs> it wasn't me. They do have a restaurant, but I don't think it's a restaurant. <laughs> yes, sorry, go ahead. Um, I found a... Um, it's a big piece of like cast iron and it's like a horse's head with a ring through its nose and it used to be a hitching post for a horse. Oh. So I grabbed it because I'm like, that's going in my garden. <laughs> so during these hobby time, do you consume any alcohol so or coffee? <laughs> coffee yeah, for sure, coffee, coffee for sure. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, no, probably not, not, not so much for the alcohol usually, but um, you could. And and there were people that have the wine parties now where they have like that they they'll paint you know one thing right that's like, what I was referring yeah. to do you do stuff like that do you organize things like that no but we should <laughs> we you might end like up with your hand thing. decoupage to a counter yeah. <laughs> 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 Kayla what kind of hobby are you into man um well so probably like my m more unusual hobby that I have um and you would know more about this probably too but um i still do film photography mm. like with actual mm -hmm. 35 mm -hmm. millimeter film yeah um, do you take part in underexposed competition <laughs> charles and me <laughs> have a story <laughs> behind <laughs> this <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a local film competition it's uh, called oh oh yeah yeah is it uh, underexposed it's with like the rock hill art society thing. so i was joking about that it's like is it for people who didn't know how to do a proper exposure and then this was like badly exposed and then well, what do we do with this now? We go make a competition out of it? Well, what was it, Charles? I think it's just a play on the word. Oh. So it's sort of like films that you wouldn't have seen. So it's they're underexposed. They haven't been okay. properly exposed <laughs> to audiences. <laughs> and so... Uh, anyway, yeah, sorry, go ahead. And they never will. So <laughs> <laughs> Charles. Go ahead, Caleb. Yeah, so I have my, um, my grandpa's old camera like i inherited that mm -hmm. from him um i have two know. nikon fm2s yeah yeah so, so with so. you was it like a family thing that you think got you into doing it yeah to some extent my uh yeah my grandpa um was into it he, he did like publishing stuff and would take product photos and things and then my mom was into it for a while and so i kind of got into it in high school just with like iphone photography and then you worked your way back yeah i worked so you started back. with the digital <laughs> stuff and you slowly moved back to the roots yeah so I, I minored in art in college ended up with one of the offerings that i could take was film photography which involved black and white film hmm. and darkroom full setup do you have a darkroom now uh no i wish so it's been a few years since i've been able to actually do that full process but you can just use amber's uh, office she doesn't like to turn the light on <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true yeah cool very cool what else so i i'd like to travel like do a bit of traveling uh while I travel, particularly to larger cities, I like to look for 
street art by the artist Invader. He's based in Paris. He gets his name from the old arcade game Space Invaders. So like the, the like the little alien uh, hmm. bit things. Is so it sort of does, like a like a Banksy situation? Yeah, it's like a Banksy thing. So he what he does is he makes these little Space Invaders. They're like little tile work, and uh, like he does these sort of things, little hmm. tile work like that, and just goes and puts them up on the side of buildings. They're like legit tile, like mosaics. And he goes up to different places and just kind of puts them up there, slaps them up there with some concrete at night. It's like hundreds of cities around the world. Like or he's got stuff in. What the neat thing about it is that he's he like logged each one, so that there's an app that you can use on your phone called Flash Invaders, where you can go around and take pictures of them, mm. and it sort of scans it to make sure the image is right and checks your location to see if you're actually there. Mm. And then you sort of have like a little gallery of the ones that you found. So like, these are the ones that I've found in different places. So. Pretty cool little thing. Then I really thought you yeah. were going on all these trips to really spend time with your wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just walking the streets, just <laughs> looking for invaders. It does change the way you walk through there. Like every every time I'm like, so there's no locate. There's no way for you to find out where in Paris he, this is. He does okay. release maps, but okay. uh, and some people like you know create little custom Google Maps and stuff like that of uh, of where they've seen them. Hmm. Um, Reminds me a little bit of Pokemon Go. It's just like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's like a real world experience. He even has one on the uh, International Space Station. So mm. if you're outside, you can track and figure out when it's above you, mm. and then you just flash your camera at, at the sky. And mm. if and if your coordinates are right, it'll count it as like you scan the one at the International Space mm. Station. It's pretty wild. Did he put it on the International Space Station? Well, he didn't. I don't <laughs> think he himself did, but he. he Gave it to somebody. How come I've known you for 11 years? This is the first time I'm hearing about this. I don't talk about it very much. Yeah, why? I'm just full of surprises. <laughs> <laughs> Are you too embarrassed to talk about this? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Huh. Yeah. Right on. Are you still acting? Are you uh, going to... No, not so much lately. I mean... No? I did a little bit with the community theater a couple of years ago. Do you go to auditions and stuff? COVID. No. No? Are you into acting, Caleb? Um, no. <laughs> only insofar as it serves a video project, but I myself would not. <laughs> so. Any other interest? Do you want to talk about your hobbies? You have several oh, yeah. hobbies. Yeah, we're waiting for this one. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, we know. We know your hobbies. But, right. I mean. Uh, right now is obviously flying. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I'm focusing on right you now. You want to watch the new Top Gun? Oh, yeah. You know what? Is it out I, yet? I End think it's next, next next week, week, right? Yeah. So I've never seen, uh, I've gone, been in a, theater for a launch of a movie, like the first show, whatever right, it's called. Right. In India, it's very popular. They call it, I believe they call it first day, first show, mm-hmm. or first, something like that. Like opening night. Oh, yeah, people like go mm-hmm. crazy. You know. um, I've not been in a movie theater in probably like seven, eight years, yeah. or probably even longer than that. So I'm thinking about maybe, yeah, I should yeah. go check this out. You should, you gotta yeah. get an IMAX experience or something. That's first day, first one. show, let's do it. <laughs> Valentine's week. Let's book the tickets, Charles. <laughs> let's book it. You do a special episode of Aggie's reaction to Top Gun. Let's do it. Yeah, so I, I, I'm focusing on flying right now. Since, uh, I've been yeah, so you're that. actually pursuing. Yeah, I, your I was, I was down in Florida going through flight school, so I yeah. just took a break. I'm going to go back and do some more. Um, as you know, I've been doing that for like almost 20 years now. Yeah. So where, when, tell us about where you first started. Um, San Juan. San Juan. So yeah. Was it just like a break from the cruise ships? You were no, just like no, there no. I always were? wanted to fly. Yeah. Um, I actually wanted to join the Air Force, mm-hmm. but then you should have seen the glasses I used to wear. <laughs> 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 and they said, kid, you need to go away. So so they, <laughs> they wouldn't let you in. 
<laughs> no, but when I got the chance, um, that was almost 20 years ago. We were we used to sail out of San Juan. We used to get there on Friday and then leave on Sunday. So I had the time, and then I found a flight school pretty close to where we used to anchor, uh, dock. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I just went up there and um, met with them and this instructor, retired pilot, Jose Feliciano. <laughs> He goes, well, let's go flying. And then the first time we were taking off, I said, on a little one, Cessna 150, and we are taking off, and he was eating a burger. <laughs> and when we took off for the very first time, his side of the door just swung open. <laughs> and then we couldn't, he was trying to hold onto the door, and that's the very time <laughs> I'm flying. What? And he's trying to pull the door in, but then his seatbelt was holding him back. So then he unbuckles his seatbelt to leech over <laughs> and pull the door. Now the seatbelt is like, flying out through the door, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and we take off in San Juan, and straight ahead is Condado Plaza area, all the hotels and casinos, that's straight up. So you gotta take off and you go, you turn left uh, towards the ocean. So he's like, oh, just turn left. I mean, that was the first time I was flying. You didn't take that as an omen? No, I, I, I loved it. I had a big smile on my face. This was awesome. I loved it. Uh, so then I used to go to flight school there with him. Great instructor. Yeah. So I flew with him for I think a couple of months, but once a week, every time I came back, because uh, I used to work on cruise ships, so I came back just to fly there. So that was fun, I really enjoyed that. And then I got transferred to uh, Cocoa Beach. Then I joined a flight school in Merritt Island. And then I did my solo flight there in 2003. And then life happened, I just took a break. So I just went back and finishing it up now. Oh, I've been, it's fantastic now. When did you start decorating the office with um, airplane things? Was that like right away? Or did you? No, we didn't. The previous offices we had, we didn't really have any space. But not the last one, the one before that. It was an old building. It was a very long um, space. The first time when we walked in to go look at that, and I walked through the door, and then the main hallway looked like a runway to me. I was like, oh, that's a runway. And then we ended up eventually painting that as a runway mm-hmm. uh, with the proper uh, coordinates for it. Latitude, longitude. Yep. And then... Um, I said, well, we've got to decorate that with airplane parts. So I started looking around online and found this, some guy was selling some stuff on eBay and I called him and he said he worked for this company and they have other stuff. So I flew down there to Tupelo, Mississippi and uh, a company called UAM, they buy the airplanes on the last leg and then they chop it up. A great experience, I ended up buying a bunch of stuff and you know, now so we have a lot of airplane parts that <laughs> we've got fabricated and designed. Yep. I was always yeah. curious where they came from. Like yeah, yep, yep, yep. yep. Yeah. That's where it came from. Yep. But anyway, there's always more hobbies to do. For sure. That's the that's the takeaway from today. There's that's always right. more hobbies to do. <laughs> always. <laughs> but I think, awesome. too, it's just really cool. You never know. I sit, I sit next to somebody every day, and I never in a million years would have thought their hobby was what it turned out to be. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, and it kind of gives you a different perspective on the people. Well, we've learned a lot. There's always more hobbies to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you had any thoughts or interesting uh, hobbies you'd like to talk about, let us know. Reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining us. Stick around next week and see what we've got to say. The Bandit Room is a production of Span Enterprises, located in sunny Rock Hill, South Carolina. We've been developing, supporting, and growing successful IRS e-filing and business management solutions since 2010. Go to SpanEnterprises.com now to learn more. The views and opinions expressed in the Bandit Room are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect or state the opinions of Span Enterprises. No information should be considered as tax, legal, or other professional advice.
If you're a trucker, and you own a truck that weighs 55,000 pounds or more, we're here to let you know that it's time to file your Form 2290 again. Thankfully, Express Truck Tax is here to make e-filing easy with a free VIN checker, a scan for common errors, and 100% US-based customer support. Plus, if you file your 2022-23 Form 2290 before June 30th with Express Truck Tax, you'll be automatically entered for a chance to win Denny's gift cards, Blue Parrot headsets, and even a Garmin truck GPS. So go to ExpressTruckTax.com now to file your 2022-23 Form 2290.